my dad had another uh, quote in that sermon where he said, Christianity is not an experience that you go through letting someone else lead you through it. Christianity is a way of life. It changes your life. It changes the lives of those around you. And especially it changes the whole outlook of the church because everyone should be taking an active part in bringing others to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. And I know it's going to be late this week, so I'm going to apologize now. I'm going to apologize for the lack of promptness this week. I'm not going to make excuses. Um, But what I am going to discuss is why it is going to be late this week. So I, I want to just thank you for listening and and thank each of you for being a part of this Uh, you may have noticed the title being memory lane um i'm not going to go back through the last 37 episodes of this show that's that that wouldn't serve us a purpose we've talked about those things what does serve us a purpose however is me thinking about the reason uh, that this week has hit me so hard now, I've been talking about things as they come up, and, and I'm still talking about those things. So please don't think that I'm just going to reminisce and move on and that I'm not going to talk about anything scriptural or biblical. That is not the plan. Um, in fact, Proverbs 22.6 is something that speaks to me. Uh, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, raise your children well. Teach them things. And when they grow older, they will remember those things. Today, I really want to remember those things. This has been a week of memory for me. Uh, Nine years ago, this week, my dad passed away. And... The difficulty I had this week was much harder than other years have been. I would blame what's going on around us in the world for that, for sure. But I realized how much I miss my mom and my dad. My mother passed away in 2006, my father in 2012, both at the age of 55 when they passed. And it really has worked on me this week, uh, even into last year, um, remembering my mother and her passing uh, back in March of last year, right as we were getting into this pandemic situation, but it wasn't the same as dealing with this with my father. And it doesn't mean that I loved one more than the other. That's not the case at all. It means that we're 10 months into this mess and here we are still dealing with it. But train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart. I have a sister and we were raised by godly parents. And I hope that this conversation today, I unfortunately do not have the opportunity to be a parent yet. I've I've not had that opportunity but I, I do pray that God would see that as a possibility in my life. And if not, that's his will, not mine. Uh, 
that needs to be done. Uh, I pray that his will would be done. And that is how I will rest in that today. But what I recognize in the midst of everything that is going on around us, in the midst of the struggles and the frustrations and everything that's taking place, I, I want to speak about these memories. I want to take you down memory lane with me for a minute, uh, for today, for this week. Why? Because I want you to understand what godly parents can do in a life. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm the pastor of a church. I am the station manager, program director at a Southern Gospel radio station. And I have been a coach. I have been um, a number of things in my life. My sister is a, a godly woman who is raising her children. Uh, according to the same example that we were taught growing up. And it's a beauty to watch. And I think about that verse often of when they are old, they will not depart from it. Because I see it in my own life. I see it in the life of my sister. I see it in the life of others that were touched by my father in ways that it's impossible to explain. Um, but to hear the memories that folks have of my dad, the, the conversations that they've shared this week and that they've shared in the past of the impact that he had on their lives, the love that they, it's a testament to your family when others tell you that they've lost a family member in that regard. And the reality simply is this. It's quite true to recognize that and see it. I, at one time, became bitter by that. And, and I'm just going to be real and, and honest at this point because the reality simply is this. I became bitter hearing others talk about my father as if they knew him because I didn't see that they could. But then as time has gone by and as I have grown as a person and the greatest compliment that I get uh, some days is a compliment of you're just like him. For the longest time, it bothered me. I didn't want to be just like him. Now I welcome that compliment because it makes me remember the legacy that he has left behind. When I was young, uh, I remember being brought up in the church. My sister and I, uh, we did not miss. We, Even when we were old enough to drive, we still didn't miss. I, I did go through a phase in college where I did. I took it into my own hands to say, you know, it's whatever. I'm just going to live my life, right? But I'm in ministry, so you see how well that worked for me. Now I'm at church probably more than I ever was in my life and I'm okay with it. I want it to be that way and I'm very happy with that. And I don't want to ramble. I want to continue thinking about that verse, but I want to talk about the memories because one of the things that really comes up is uh, the constant conversation of, 
of what kind of man that my dad was or what kind of woman that my mother was. Well, Proverbs 31 perfectly describes the mother I knew. The sister, my sister and I have talked about this before. And uh, same thing with her, I, I think. We recognize that Proverbs 31 woman in, in our mother. Uh, in fact, behind every good, godly man, there is a good, godly woman praying for them. I, I, I fully believe that. It starts with a mother and continues as a wife um, because I believe that is what they are there for. I, I'm not saying that's the only job a woman has. I'm saying that a woman supports her husband or a mother supports her children. And it's evident. I mean, if you see parents of kids that aren't living the life that they hope they would, they still support them. I mean, it's how it works. And family, that's what it's about, is supporting one another. I'm not at all saying a woman's job is to support her husband, but a woman is to support her husband. And so as you go and think about all these things, and I think about all the examples that were set, some things have stuck out in my mind over this week. I always love to hear my dad preach. One of the hardest things for me after he passed away was that I would never get to hear him preach again. Uh, I'm thankful that that's not true because I found some tapes that I did not realize were in my possession of my father preaching, my dad sharing the gospel, doing what he loved to do. And it has warmed my heart. And I've listened to those multiple times this week, listening to my dad's voice one more time. Now, I talk about memories because I remember growing up and my dad being my little league coach. I remember growing up and my mom taking me to 4-H and some different things. And as I grew, you know, my parents showed vested interest in my life. They They were there to support me in all things. They were constantly leading me guiding me and showing me the path which I need to be following and so as I'm sitting here at 40 years old I think back to the times that I recognize in my life where the Lord has shown me they were right where the place I am I am there because of them because the one thing my dad often talked to me about and instilled in me is that my relationship with God was my relationship with God. It wasn't his relationship with God. It was my relationship with God. So I, I say all that to give you a little background as to where I'm going in this today. Proverbs 22, 6, again, train up a child in the way they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. Those words are beautiful to me because I saw that lived out in my own parents and now lived out in the lives of myself and my sister because we are continuing to live in what we were trained in. We're in church. We're studying scripture. We're, we're in her case, raising kids to do the same. And I see that and I know that because of her son who is just turning nine in the coming during this week. 
Um, and, and yeah, he was born three days after my dad passed away. Um, but to hear him talk about the Lord, you know that it's been instilled in him. To hear him talk about what God can do in a life, you know that he's growing up hearing the gospel just as we were. I never wanted to be anywhere but church. Even in the times I rebelled, I knew it was wrong. The times that I chose not to go, I knew I should be there. And that's because of my parents. Because my mother would call me every Sunday and ask me where I went to church because I didn't come home for church. My dad would ask me what the preacher preached on that day. At one point, they stopped because they were more disappointed in the fact that I didn't go than I guess maybe I was. And I could name a number of times in my life or in the lives of others that I watched my parents struggle with things because they didn't feel it lined quite right with God's word. And here I sit tonight, recording this, putting this out there for you. With two sermons that I found of my dad's. I really wanted to play some of that for you. But unfortunately, the quality is not great. They're 23 years old. They're on cassette tape, which are I did convert them digitally just so that I could have them in the state they're in because it's his voice. But I want to talk a little about that relationship. I mean, I want to talk about my mom first. Uh, my relationship with my mother at times had its ups and downs. I, that not on her. She loved me unconditionally, continued to love me regardless of me. Even in the stages that I was in at times where I rebelled, didn't want to be around her, didn't want to hear her talk about what she wanted me to do. I can remember many times that I angered my mother on purpose. I unfortunately don't have the time to go back and apologize, though. There's times that I wish I could because I did my mother wrong in those things. And and that's on me. Just as it is each one of us. If we know we're wrong, we must call a spade a spade, right? What I learned from my parents together is how to accept our place in society. To love others. To not see the boundaries that society tries to tell us that are there. To care for one another. Uh, honestly, my dad loved humor. I never, never heard him tell a joke that would have been considered a bathroom humor. I recognize the things that are going on in times now and wish that I could talk to them about it. But one of the things that really has stuck with me recently is the fact that I did a funeral not too long ago for a family and, and it was for a mother in their family. 
And a verse popped into my mind about this woman. And it brought back memories of my own mother. Because of one verse. And that is Philippians 1.3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. That verse has stuck with me my entire life. Why? Because when I was seven years old. Eight years old. Nine years old. Up into my teen years. And I thought it was silly at the time. But my mother didn't say goodnight to me. Mom didn't didn't tell me to go to bed and, and goodnight. Mom would say, Philippians 1-3, sleep well. Or she would say, I love you, Philippians 1-3. She would just say it that way. Like that's how she would just tell me. And and then I would go to bed and I would get my Bible out every night, even though I already knew it at this point. You know, in my teen years, I knew the verse. But just the simple fact that my mother took the time to say goodnight to me with a Bible verse by saying Philippians 1.3. If there's anything that I miss more, I don't know it. Because just hearing her say that to me, I mean, my name is Philip. I was named after a wonderful man who has passed away in this community uh, since. And um, truly was someone that had an impact on my father. Uh, and, and I know the story behind all that. But. I recognize that the struggle that I have been going through recently is those memories that are flooding my mind of the things I miss the most. The the things that I miss the most are the best memories and the memories that I realize have made me into who I am today. Thinking about my mother telling me goodnight by simply saying Philippians 1.3. And then I go in my room, I lay down, and I open the Bible and, and, and see, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. As I grew older, I began to look it up in different versions just to have that. I can remember conversations with my mom that would make me feel small. My mom read the Bible. She studied the Word. We would walk, uh, you, you walk in and you'd catch her reading it. You uh, walk in and catch her praying all the time. She was truly a woman who was devout in her faith. And then when she passed away, it was a hard day. Trying to come to terms with not being able to have those things again. And uh, putting that behind me was a difficult time. It led me down paths where I wanted to blame God. It led me, you know, I, I longed to hear her voice again saying those things to me. And then there was my dad. My dad, a, a pastor, he was the station manager at the radio station that I work at now. And um, I watched my dad pray for years about this, 
the station that he had found a home in as a job because he felt it was a calling. He felt God had opened a door and he wanted to best serve the Lord. And he prayed daily that the Lord would open a door. The station, let me tell you a little background on it, was a country station when he took the job. In a short period of time, he had convinced them to allow his morning show to be gospel. Then it became gospel till noon. And then God opened the door wide open to make it a southern gospel radio station where ministry is done. We're not a nonprofit. That's the beautiful thing of it all. It's not even a nonprofit station, but the prayers of my dad being answered in that way. It truly is something to be thankful for and a legacy that I'm proud of to be a part of why because I can continue praying those prayers and doing the same thing he did that he cared so much about but this year with everything going on around us I've wanted to ask him questions I've wanted to ask him about how to handle certain things how to say certain things how to do certain things I've wanted to just speak with him. And I found these sermons. Now, my dad was my go-to. He he being a minister, I started in youth ministry prior to his passing. So we had many conversations about God's word. We had many conversations about meanings of certain scriptures, about certain societal things going on. And I would ask questions and ask him, how can I handle this? How, how is the best for me to teach this to the church? And I was listening to these sermons. And the answers, the, the questions that I've been wanting to ask were right there. Memories, folks. Memories are important. The memories that we hold on to. The memories of our past. The memories of my past. My mom saying Philippians 1.3. My dad teaching me God's word in, in different ways. My dad doing Bible studies with me. My dad teaching me how to minister as a mentor. All of it important to me now. And I took it for granted many times. I found these sermons and I listened and, and I found the answers to questions I was asking. And I want to share those memories with you. And like I said, I'd, I'd love to play those clips for you. Unfortunately, the, the quality is not great. And I don't know that it would work very well for you to be able to hear it. But I'm going to read them to you because I've, I've written them down. I want to remember them. One thing that my dad said in one of the sermons has stuck with me since hearing it because of the simple fact that it's true about him. He did just this. But in, and again, this was in 1998. He said, I'm going to say this today and I will keep saying it until the day that I die. There are people in this world that you can reach that no one else can. 
My dad said that to me over and over. He said that in sermons. And I have it on tape now to prove it. It's, 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 it's a statement that has stuck with me my entire life. There will come people into your life that only you can reach. Do not be the reason they don't get reached. You know, he, he would tell me that over and over. He would tell me that to be an effective witness for Christ, that if I'm not leading people to Christ, the church was going to crumble. He would tell me that sharing my faith is something that all of us can do and that we needed to be a part of. He would tell me these things. And they're in this sermon. So my dad lived this out. It wasn't just something that he said one time because it was the right words to say. This is something that he really, really showed me. And as I think back over the things that I've been saying over the last months, as we looked into God's word, studied what it says to us and really broken it down, including last, uh, you know, talking about Titus when I really broke all that down. And I've been looking for answers and I've been wanting to just ask my dad, how? can we minister during this pandemic? How can we minister during the racial tension? How can we minister during the election? I found the answer. Because in the middle of this sermon, a sermon my dad preached in October of 1998 at a small church, Linville Evangelical Methodist Church, my dad said this, he said, folks, it's good, I guess, to know where your church stands on issues. And it's good to be able to defend that. And if you will, be a Christian soldier attacking another Christian soldier. If you want to argue the points. But. That is not bringing people to Jesus Christ. People don't want to come to church to hear our arguments. They don't want to come to hear why so-and-so was wrong about this and why I am right. They want to hear what Jesus Christ had to say about what you need to do to be saved. That is the gospel message that we need to have. And I thank God that he gave me that. That he allowed me to find this. To, to take more out of my dad's teachings than I was able to glean while he was alive. Folks, memories bring back the past. History is not something we need to dispose of because it can teach us. It can show us. We can learn. There's been a push in society to to tear down history and start over recently. It seems that people want to tear down the things that they're ashamed of. But folks, if we tear down what we're ashamed of, we forget where we've come from. For us to come to know the Lord, for us to recognize the Lord, for us to live as we are to live, for us to be Christian, we must remember what we came from. My dad had another uh, quote in that sermon where he said, Christianity is not an experience that you go through letting someone else lead you through it. 
Christianity is a way of life. It changes your life. It changes the lives of those around you. And especially it changes the whole outlook of the church. Because everyone should be taking an active part in bringing others to Jesus Christ. He encouraged the church in that message. To just bring one. And that's a memory I'll have. And I hope it's a memory we can carry together. Because as I share this today, it's hard to talk about. But I've looked at a number of things. And there is the scripture in John when Jesus is calling the first disciples. That I found such a powerful flood of memory when thinking of my dad I, I've been teaching the life of Christ in evening Bible studies at our church and in studying this I came across these texts in John and what I came to was beautiful but what it really brought me was even deeper into the remembrance of my dad and of my mom it was always about sharing the gospel. It was always about telling someone about Jesus. It was about inviting them to church. It was about showing them the truth of the love of God. It was about bringing them with you. I can remember conversations with my dad about how to witness and what to witness about. He used to remind me to just love them. To share love with them, no matter who they are, no matter what they come from, no matter the lifestyle they live, they are loved. And that love would hopefully break through. But as I was studying the life of Christ, the calling of the disciples, Jesus being revealed by John the Baptist, the, the men come, they're asking John the Baptist, are you who are you? John says, I'm not the Messiah. They ask him, are you Elijah? He says, I am not. They ask him if he is a Pharisee. He says, no. John's answers begin to get short. And then they ask him again, who are you then? John replies with exactly who he is. He quotes scripture. He tells them who he is, what he's doing here and why. And he just absolutely goes into this elaborate conversation. Why? Because John knew who he was. My dad, my mom, they knew who they were. They knew their place. They knew where they stood in the family of God. They knew that if they just shared the example and they taught that to my sister and I, and here we are. I am hopefully able to share that with you today. I hopefully am able to share that in sermons and through the radio but hear what John said. There is one coming after me who was before me, which no one understood. But he said, I'm not the Messiah. But there is one among you who is, and he is going to rise. The next day, Jesus comes walking to John for the baptism and he says, there he is. He is the Messiah. I am 
not worthy to t- untie his bootstraps. I'm not worthy to be in his presence in many ways is what he was saying. John drew attention to Jesus. Later, when the disciples of John were leaving and others were bringing that in, they said, are you not concerned? If you go to John 3, you see that at the end. Are you not concerned that he's taking your followers? And John says he must increase and I must decrease. This is the God we serve. This is the God my dad taught me to serve. My dad was a voice in a wilderness. Crying, prepare you the way of the Lord. Directing others to Christ. My mother the same way. I hope that I live in that same regard. My sister doing that with her children. And she's always willing to tell someone about the Lord. Folks, who are you willing to talk to today? We'll go back into that in a moment. But hear me. John, when he sees Jesus coming, behold, the son of God, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I've been speaking of. Immediately, two of his followers follow Jesus. And they walk away from what John was doing. Now, the two followers we see are Andrew and John. Now, I guess to avoid confusion, John doesn't mention his own name in the text, but it's very clear that it's John. I mean, he knows the time of day that this happens. He knows where they go. They simply say, Rabbi, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and see. Follow me. Basically. But that's not where the story ends. This is where I really want to focus today. I want you to hear this. Jesus says, come and see. And immediately, Andrew goes and gets his brother Simon. Says, we found the Messiah. Come and see. And Simon comes and Jesus says, you are Simon, but I will call you Cephas or Peter, Petros, the rock. You are the rock. We know who Peter is. Ultimately, we figure that John went and got his brother James. Then it tells us the next day as they were going to Galilee, they passed through and Jesus calls Philip. Which, given that's my name, it's pretty intriguing to me. Because I see that Andrew and John followed Jesus. The next day, Philip being from the same town. They get him. They instructed him to follow. So what does Philip do immediately? Philip goes and finds Nathaniel and says, we found the Messiah. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel says, nothing good comes from Nazareth. And Philip says, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Three words that say more than we could ever imagine it was not about proving who Jesus is he can do that himself it's never going to be about us proving who Jesus is he proves himself we're not going to win people to the gospel by arguing by by bickering by by back and forth conversation what we're going to win them with is this simply come and see come and see what he has done for me Look at what he's doing now. Look at what he continues to do. This is the God you serve. 
you need to serve. It's about come and see, folks. Bring them in. Find them. Invite them and let them see what is happening on their own. Through the spirit, the the revelation of God's spirit in men is where they will come to know him. They called others to come and see. And Jesus revealed himself to Nathaniel and Nathaniel's response was to simply reply with my rabbi, my Lord, my savior. So think about how this is going, folks. The the message of the gospel is a come and see gospel. It's a, I want to introduce you to the one who changed my life. I want to introduce you to the one who did this for me, but I can't change your life for you. You need to come and see so he can do it. You need to come and see. But But it's interesting because my dad used to talk to me all the time about telling others about the Lord would warn me not to let days go by where I could maybe miss or mess up. He always wanted me to share the gospel. What is interesting in all of this is that come and see. And it's based on the fact that we love them. But Statistically speaking, I think it's about 32% of the world today claims to be Christian. Like going to church, doing those things. If that 32% would tell one person, it's about finding one, folks. It's about finding one. Sharing the gospel with one. And if that one then turns and shares the gospel with one more. As do we, once we've introduced someone to the Lord and we then go find someone else like they did Philip. You had Andrew go get Simon, who then, I'm guessing Simon brought Philip or brought his name up. And they were like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. I don't know. What I will say, however, is their message was come and see. Are you sharing that message with others today? Let me tell you what happened for me and let me invite you to come and see. Come and experience it yourself because that is how you develop with the Lord. We must pursue a healthy relationship with God. We all have a relationship with God. Even if it's a relationship of rebellion, we have a relationship, but we must pursue a healthy relationship with God. We must talk with him, we must read his word. We must study to show ourselves approved according to the word. But I just find it interesting that here we are in society. The society that's trying to tell us that we're out for number one, that we are the only ones responsible for self and us as God's children are saying come and see it's so much more come and see this one who delivered me from my sin come and see the one who changed my heart oh you knew me years ago but you don't know me now come and see is that the gospel message you are sharing today 
It involves us getting in the word. It involves us studying. It involves us diving in head first and trusting in the God of this universe, in the Savior that went to the cross. Jesus came to save the world. Or maybe a better way to word that is that he came to save us from it. I just hope that you can see that today. Our memory is important, absolutely. Because those memories, can we can remember something with them. They always come back with emotion. Whether it's a happy or a sad, it's there. And when we remember, that emotion dictates our feeling on the circumstance. For me, remembering growing in the church, remembering studying the word, remembering diving in, it reminds me of joy. Joy that I want others to experience and come and see. But there may be some that I come across that that joy is not there in those moments. But maybe I can still invite them to come and see. But I challenge you this, just share the gospel with one person. Find one. And tell them about your Savior. Tell them that you found the Messiah and invite them to come and see. If we want to see God change the world, then let's introduce the world to God. Tell them to come and see. I hope that you understand why memory lane is important. I hope you understand why remembering is vital. I'm sure, I had a good childhood. I might not relate with some of you that way. Maybe yours was tough, but it's that memory that's driving you to do something different for your own children. It's that memory that's driving you to better yourself because you didn't see a good example. And it's unfortunate if that's the case for you because you need to hear, come and see today. Come and see, come and taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and, and I used the disciples, well, but those guys were, you know, that, that was their calling. That was, okay, what about the Samaritan woman at the well? What happened there? Jesus introduced himself to her by telling her who he was as well as who she is. What will happen when we introduce others to Jesus? He will tell them who they are without them telling him, without them going into details, he will convict them of those things. And he will guide them into that relationship, that healthy relationship with him. Folks, today we have got to be speaking of the one that changed our lives. We can't get caught up in the hustle and the bustle of life. We can't become too busy. I want to finish with one more quote from that same sermon. I'm telling you, he answered a lot of questions there. My dad said this. He said, let's not be overly busy. And he, he, he talked about with the business of the church, but, but you know, a lot of us in the church today, he, he was talking about how... Um, a pastor had mentioned 
one time that he would rather take a bunch of new converts out than old Christians because the new converts are still on fire and they're willing to share, whereas the old Christians are allowing things to slip through. They don't recognize it nearly as much. That's a dangerous place for us to be, too. Folks, we need to get back to the memory of what we had in the beginning. But he said these words, let's not be overly busy with the business of the church, or I would like to add in general that we forget that there is a human need to hear of Jesus Christ. Folks, we can get ourselves so wrapped up in thinking we're doing good, but we are doing Christ absolutely no good in sharing the gospel if we are not sharing the gospel. The programs are great, but are you sharing the gospel? Maybe you do need to stand on God's word against something that is wrong, but are you sharing the gospel while you do it? Anger isn't, let's, you know, going back to that, our arguments are not going to win people to Christ. Me arguing with you is not going to win someone to Christ. Me arguing with someone else is not going to win them to Christ. People don't want to hear from me about their wrongs and where I'm right. Oh, but if I tell them about the love of my Savior, that might be what they need. And if I tell you about the love of my Savior, and it touches that nerve, it touches that cord, it, it really breaks in, you too will meet him and know him. How are you sharing the gospel today? Are you remembering those times of your youth where you grew up in church and you recognize things, but you've just not been there? I encourage you to get back. Learn from your history. Love one another. Share the gospel. That comes with love and respect for others. It comes with love and respect for our leadership. It comes with us praying by name. For those that are in power. But it comes with full surrender. If you're not willing to surrender. Well. If you're not willing to surrender. You're not going to be able. It takes full surrender for him to open your eyes to the ones you can share the gospel with. But come and see. Come and see that he is good. That he is the one we've been searching for. He is that one that you have felt empty over. Now I know this seems like a lot of rambling and if you've listened all the way through I appreciate it. But I will say this. I just simply want to end it by saying, come and see. Come and see. Find the Messiah today. If you do know him and you have that relationship with him, then ask someone else to come and see. But just know he loves you. And I love you. today let's put these things into practice let's train up our children in the way that they should go and let's tell others about Jesus Christ tell them what we found 
and invite them to come and see for themselves. That is the gospel that they need to hear today. So let's close this with some prayer. And again, thank you for joining us this week. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Lord, you are holy. You have brought us into a place. And Lord, as we travel down a memory lane, Lord, I pray that you flood our minds with memories today. Memories that will remind us of you. Memories that will bring us back to a happy moment in our childhood that will remind us of what you've done. Or Lord, if the memories are not good, I pray that we use them to teach, that we use them to learn, and that we use them to grow. Father, I pray that you would help us to find others and to simply share the same message that the first apostles shared when they figured out who they had found just to come and see, to come and witness for ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would go with each one, anyone that may hear this. I pray that you give them that strength. You give them that courage to stand in your word, to stand on your promises, Lord. Lord, help us to defend it if we absolutely need to. But Lord, help us to remember that you defend yourself that you reminded us that vengeance would be yours. That our message should be come and see. So God, as we go through these days, I pray that you would just bless us in such a mighty way to share your word, to live your word, and to invite others to come and see. Change the hardened heart of man, Lord. If it be your will, change the hardened heart that is turned against you, that is bringing division, that is tearing apart our families and our churches. Change the hardened heart today. It's in the powerful, precious, and saving name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. You can join us each week. We try to get an episode up by 12 noon every Friday. We are very blessed to be able to bring this to you. Hope that you can find peace where the wild things aren't. Listen on wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow it. Click it to download so you can get the newest episodes. And again, we thank you for listening to Where the Wild Things Aren't.